Happy New Year. In the summer of 1973, I was a 16-year-old kid hitchhiking around the West Coast, living on blackberries and granola and looking for God. And for a couple of weeks, I landed at this mission shelter for homeless folks in San Francisco. They offered a pretty good bowl of brown rice and a place for you to lay out your sleeping bag at night. But the thing was, if you wanted to eat, you had to attend a prayer service. I'll never forget that feeling of being really hungry and waiting for the prayer service to be over while the smell of dinner just floated in from the kitchen. Most of the guys there just mumbled their way through the prayer service like I did. But there were a couple of guys who were more vocal. They made a point of singing out their prayers for everyone to hear. Anyway, come six the next morning, we all had to pack up our sleeping bags and leave the building. But after a few days, I noticed that those gung-ho guys, they didn't have to leave in the morning. They were allowed to stay and help out around the mission. I was getting pretty tired of walking around the city all day, so I asked the pastor if maybe I could stick around and help out too. And he took a good, long, hard look at me. And he asked me if I believed on Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I thought about it for a moment. Actually, what I thought about was, if I just said the right thing, I wouldn't have to spend the day walking around the city. And then I got distracted by that peculiar use of the preposition on, if I believed on Jesus. Anyway, the pastor saw right through my hesitation and I was out on the street right again. All of which is to say, you know, that there are these seasons in our lives when confessions of faith rise spontaneously with force and clarity. And there are other times when we might be tempted to fake it just, you know, for the secondary gains of community or work or a roof over our heads. Well, at Trinity, thank God, we don't hold your rice bowl hostage. We don't hold inquisitions to determine your worthiness before we give to you what we can, which is mostly just our love and attention, a bag of groceries if you need it, or a prayer, which can be just as useful, you know, depending on the day. Anyway, I, I got to thinking about those nights in that shelter in San Francisco after reading this beautiful poem by David Cluel. It's called A New Year's Eve Letter to Friends. Here it is. Every year the odds are stacked against it turning out the way you'd like. A year of smooth, a year of easy smile, a year like a lake you could float on looking up at a blue year of soothing sky. Mostly the letters you're expecting never come. Lovers walk out and keep on going, and in no time, they're no friends of yours. Mostly the sheer weight of days gone awfully wrong. A tire blown out, someone's heart caving in, the hole worn finally through the roof. I've watched men at the mission staring out into the middle distance, putting up with the latest version of salvation, all the time wondering just how long until the bowl and spoon. They've been around enough to know the good parts always saved for last, and there's no promise they won't make to get there. 
each year cuts our lives down to size to something we can almost use. It used to be the world was so small you could walk out to the end of it and back in a single day. Now it seems to take all year to make it mostly back. And so this is for my friends all over, a new year. Year the long shot comes home. The year letters pour in full of the good word that never got as far as you before. The year lovers come to know a good thing when they find it in the press of familiar flesh. Walk out onto the planet tonight. Even the moon is giving back your share of borrowed light, and you take it back. In the name of everything you can't take back in your life, imagine yourself filling with it, letting yourself go and floating through the skeleton trees to your place at the top of the sky. And here's the best part coming last. Just after all your practiced shows of faith, even now, while you're still salvaging what passes for resolve, remember this. No matter what else happens, this year you'll never go without. It's no small thing you've been in line for. This bull and spoon passed finally to you. One of the many things I love about Trinity is that no one has to put up with our version of salvation all the time, wondering just how long until the bowl and spoon. You don't need to cross your fingers and mumble the Nicene Creed before we'll let you in the door. As Alan Jones used to say, Christianity is not about believing 12 impossible things before breakfast. Because here's the thing, if you choose it, you belong here. You belong here, not because of some convincing show of correct ideas about how the universe is structured. No, you belong here by your birthright. Here at Trinity, even in the worst of times, that bowl and that spoon will always be passed to you. In fact, we consider it something of a failure if you ever do wonder whether you belong at Trinity. We'd really prefer that you just assume that you do. And if that's not easy for you, act as if. Act as if you belong. Act as if God is real. Act as if you are loved completely from the outside in and from the inside out. Because you are. Do that and you will become the blessing that you already are. And you'll fit right in. It's amazing to see what happens when people act out that deep sense of belonging together. Magical things happen. People are healed. Hurts are forgiven. New life is found. I can't wait to see you again, fully embodied and fully belonging in our sanctuary on a Sunday morning. May it be so soon this new year. May the long shot come home for you this new year. May the letters pour in full of the good word. May you always feel the blessing of your birthright. Happy New Year from me and from all of us at Trinity Cathedral.